What's up, guys? Tough season. My goodness, what a tough Philly season again. I mean, pretty much the same thing we've experienced for the last, what, four or five years now, boys? So, Philly Insider Podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm Hunter Doyle here from Philly's Nation and it's the Eagles. And got Ian on here. We got Nate on here. Wow, what a disappointing season after another first place midsummer high. Probably the best one we've had in recent years. And then another dramatic fall off. This one later than most happened. I mean, they were showing signs of it, but then it all came down to that series with the Braves. And, you know, we knew we had to sweep them. And my prediction was we were going to get swept, and we did. So, Nate, we'll go to you first. How are you feeling about the season and how it went? Like, what were your thoughts on the outcome? Were you surprised? Um, Were you just disappointed once again? How are you feeling? And, Ian, you can follow up. Um. I mean, I wasn't crazy optimistic coming into this year with, you know, um, new coaching, you know, our, you know, Reese Hoskins was having a really rough year. Everybody was kind of having a rough year because it was that shortened COVID year. Um, So I didn't have too high of expectations. Uh, I think they performed a little bit better than what I had expected. What I'm disappointed in is Girardi, a few players that underperformed. We could talk about that. A few surprises and a few bright sides, but, you know, overall, the end of the year, we didn't make the playoffs, so that is disappointing. Um, But I think um, at least we didn't finish below 500 uh, like we always do. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the hope that kills you, and the Phillies gave us hope yet again. But you look at the division we play in, it's it's in the air. It's not crazy to beat. At least we're not in the AL East or something like that where – you need to have like a 600% win percentage record to make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, disappointed that we didn't do that. There were a few bright spots here, not too many. Um, but I mean, we could get into that a little bit later uh, down the pod. Ian? Yeah, I, um, I, I had higher hopes for the season. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I thought that our bats would be shored up. I thought Boehm would honestly, like, I honestly thought that our offense would make up for what we lacked on, you know, the pitching side in terms of uh, relief pitching, everything like that. The bats were incredibly underwhelming. Um, the only, like, real consistent bats that I really felt we had, like, overall were obviously Bryce and Gene for a very long while, and then he kind of tapered off. A little bit but nonetheless um I felt like those were our only two incredibly consistent guys that were getting on base and getting hits um and I I, I'm very disappointed I really thought that we would like nab a wild card spot I mean granted I'm I'm optimistic I mean I'm a very super fan that's you know should come as no surprise but um yeah this hurts I mean especially when you know you see Bryce's press conferences talking about him putting him, you know, the, it's on himself when the man literally might get MVP. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the questions that was asked in his last presser was, um, how do you feel like, you know, the team might be wasting your best years? And that, I mean, that hit me hard. I mean, he's already, you know, he's 28, I believe, uh, 28, 29-ish. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's not getting any younger. And, I mean, to have a season like this where you, again, nothing's guaranteed. Um, you know, it's probably going to come down to him or Soto, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, to waste, especially a performance from your, your star player, that's the soul of the team, the heart and soul of the team, when it just gets wasted like this, I feel like it just stings a little extra. At least the Sixers made the playoffs during Embiid's MVP year. (laughs) That's what I'll say. Uh, look, this is a, this organization is a colossal failure. There is no way around it. This team would have only finished second in one other division, that being the AL Central, where they still would have been miles behind the Chicago White Sox. We are lucky to be in this division and also unlucky at the same time because we're still going to have a shot every year, even though we're not one of the contending teams. And we're probably just going to be a team that, you know, and also the Cardinals got hot too. Like we were not even close to the wild card at the end of the day. So we are lucky to be in this division and unlucky at the same time, like I said, because this organization is going to continue to contend for that spot and first in the East. And it's just going to be that continual cycle of 
being around the same spot and nothing's changing. You know, we've got some money coming up in free agency this year. I think we've got a lot to address. We also, there's also a lot you can't just address with free agency. You have to learn how to develop players for once because, you know, I believe they brought in Preston Mattingly, who is Don Mattingly's son to help with player development. They made some changes. We'll see how those work. But look, Alec Bone gets sent down to the minors this year. Spencer Howard gets traded because he can't pitch more than three innings or even pitch above 94 in his third inning. Yes. I mean, the the lack of development, and also not to mention, you know, the whole Andrew Knapp saga. Um, Don't forget look, Scott Kingery, too, at the beginning of the year. Well, yeah, <laughs> good point. Me and Ian did a video. That was like our first video of the mm-hmm. year, I think. Um, that's yeah. That was a huge disappointment. And it's been multiple coaching staffs now, and you have to start to think it's the scouting slash player development area that's really the blame for this. And the coaching staff takes blame, too. I mean, I, I was more upset in terms of Girardi's in-game decision-making for the most part, but we'll get into all of that. So first, with that said, this organization is a joke right now. So let's talk about what maybe wasn't the biggest issue by the end of the year, but what ultimately I think cost us games was the bullpen. How many blown saves did we see this year? And look, there were, I'm not excusing the other issues. If you're watching this clip, we are doing, we're going over the whole season in every aspect. But the bullpen, if they had just closed out a few more games, we might've been in better position by that end, that end of the season there. This has not been yeah. addressed. It's been the same problem for years on end. And mm-hmm. something's got to give, like something's got to change. They finally figured out Hector's not a closer and he's the seventh, eighth inning guy. Um, and then he looked a lot better in that role, but Archie Bradley was not what we expected him to be to say the least. I don't know why that is. So I don't know how we address this. I don't know how we go from here. Um, Ian Kennedy was not good when he came over from the trade. seems like he's just an older um, starter turned reliever who, you know, was really only a good closer with bad teams where he had no pressure on him. There are not many options to turn to right now. And then Ranger Suarez, we were so depleted in the rotation that we had to put him in the rotation and he still did amazing, but there's really no options right now. Like there's no one you can turn to in the bullpen. I think Connor Brogdon is a good piece moving forward. I like him. He's developed very nicely. Coonrod, I mean, he still has issues from time to time. He had a good start to the year, but every guy in the bullpen, I think blew a game this year. And that's sad yeah. that we have no guy like there. That's usual, but to the extent that these guys blew multiple games, like the consistent guys who are up here, hopefully get Sir Anthony back. He pitched his first inning um, in the last game of the season, which was interesting. But what do you guys think about the bullpen? Ian, I'll start with you, man. I mean, this has just been an ongoing issue that they never seem to address or get right I mean, I feel like it's the same story every year where we'll add one older bullpen piece or two who has a bit of a reputation, but you can tell they're definitely on the decline, but we still think we nab them at the right time to where we can get like maybe another year or two out of them. And we think that'll solve the issues and then either one or two things happen. Either they get hurt and then we're right back to square one or we they just don't perform and we're still back to square one. And so and I'm going to be honest all the time. It's usually both. Usually we do have guy like a guy or two that is a bright spot in that bullpen. And then they get hurt. And the guys that we picked up that, yeah, maybe they're a little older, but they'll like, they'll just taper off. And it's, it's maddening that we just cannot get this right. And Dombrowski for whatever reason, does not want to fully invest in this bullpen. And I understand we need, we need homegrown players. Absolutely we do. But when this has been a glaring flaw in our, in our whole entire team, I mean, my gosh, I mean, two, during the COVID season, we had the most blown saves in MLB history and it was a COVID season. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if we played that full season? Oh my gosh. I, I just, I don't know why we, we refuse to address this issue. And I'm going to be real. I, I still don't think that Dombrowski is going to address it because he's going to look and no. he's going to say, all right, Sir Anthony, we're getting back. Coonrod looks promising. Brogdon looks like, st- Brogdon looks stellar. Hopefully if we get a starter back in the rotation, we can put Ranger back in the bullpen. And the thing is, like, I mean, listen, I am not, I'm not opposed to spending money at all. You got to spend money in baseball. Absolutely. 
but you can't spend ridiculous amounts because then you wind up with either these mis these misshapen teams that don't have any direction, they don't have any chemistry, they don't have anything, or you just end up with a bunch of like just a bunch of guys that are like really, you know, are taking up a ton of cap, and you can't have room to sign some bench pieces that are really valuable. I mean, my gosh, thank God we're gonna unload some contracts because. I'm going to be real. We, we could use Brad Miller on the bench. He was a great bench piece, like even just a one or one year deal or so, but I, I don't want to get all a tangent, but my point being is it's so frustrating to see it this year when, again, I felt like we had some promise, but all in all, it was just, I, I feel like this issue is never getting addressed. Yeah. And before you go, Nate, I want to emphasize too, like this is the difference between wins and losses in like literally ninth inning, two outs, two strikes at times. Like this, that was just not even a joke. It happened a little bit ago where Kennedy was down to like the last strike and then he gives up a two-run shot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just want to emphasize that. It's not just like the bullpen blows it in like the seventh inning or the sixth inning or something like that. Like this is literally, we are about to close out the game with like four or five, three outs left yeah. or two outs, one out to go. And it, it, they blow it. So you go, Nate. Yeah. I just wanted to add that in. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this bullpen has been a joke for years to come. Um, Zach Wheeler was one of the best signings we ever picked up. Um, and then Aaron Noel decides to peace out and just decide to not play. Um, of course, we kept Vince Velasquez for way too long. So that forced Ranger Suarez, an ace closer who, keep in mind, when he came into the starting position, he was still he saw like a 1.5 ERA. This dude was really good, great closer, comes in, does a phenomenal job. I, I will say this again, Ranger Suarez, one of the most valuable players on our team this year, just with how much he had to adapt and how well he succeeded. Um, but, you know, looking at what we um, what we used to compensate for him, Archie Bradley, no, eighth inning guy, can't really close out games. Hector, we know, can't close out games. At least we learned that, and we put him in, you know, the seventh, eighth inning, which he uh, – you know, kudos to Hector. He's been doing a lot better in that position. And I think that's because he always has been good at that position, but we stupidly put him in the closing spot a couple years ago and, and thought that that would work out. Another thing is just our horrible, for some reason, Philly sports teams, their medical staff is some of the most idiotic and just can't get things together. Like what the heck, where's Sir Anthony Dominguez been, you know, why is he still injured? Honestly, you know, like he does it. He pieced out three years ago and we haven't seen him since, you know, like he should be back or he should be done. You know, there's no, He's just chilling right now. And that's a big piece we lost. I, who knows if he'll be the same pitcher when he comes back. So we can't even depend on Sir Anthony to come back. So who do we have left? Ian Kennedy, who, when he came to our, our team, he had a, a three point, I think three or 3.6 ERA. He's got like a 5.0 ERA now. So I don't know. Uh, that's a common factor. We see when, when we trade for people and they come into our, our bullpen, they just start to do worse. You look at that last year. I forget the guy's names, David Hale. You guys know who we're talking about. A few people that we <laughs> oh, picked God. up that just started sucking when they got here. So I don't know if it's the environment, the coaching, the pitching staff here, but whenever decent pitchers come into the bullpen here, we just, they just, we waste their talent, you know, um, yeah. like Hunter said, I really like that you pointed out Sam Coonrod, uh, Connor Brogdon, some young talent that I wouldn't say they're crazy good, but they're definitely looking, you know, uh, on the upside. Um, we brought up some horrible player pitchers like Aniel De Los Santos, who I never want to see set foot on no. a Philly's mound for representing us. You know, there, there were a lot of that. I mean, of course we lost Jojo Romero early. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hurt. I don't know how well he would have done, but you know, that was rough. I don't know why we brought down JD hammer. That, that's another thing. Why did we keep him down there when he wasn't, you know, I think he's, he would, he could have done better than, than, uh, Aniel De Los Santos or, you know, half the people here. So why didn't we replace him? We get rid of chase Anderson and then look what he does. He does good on the, um, uh, where's he at now? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's a, you're, thinking, you're thinking of a different Anderson on the Braves. Anderson, different. Okay, then. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of Chase. He did something. Not he, he wasn't a starting pitcher, but he did. I think he's or is he still? On, no, he's on the Rangers. Yeah, he's doing okay on the Rangers, but eh, not really. But he's kind of a lost cause, Chase Anderson. We got rid of Spencer Howard. At least he hasn't turned out to be a star after leaving our horrible organization. But at, at the end of the day, I'm not going to bring up certain issues here and there with developing players. Um, you know, bringing up people at the wrong time. 
I, I think one of the things, the, one of the biggest problems wasn't people, um, you know, pitching badly. It was Joe Girardi's stupid rotation in the bullpen, keeping some guy in for nine innings when clearly he shouldn't, or not keeping him in for nine innings and bringing in two to three people that just, there were so many games where I was like, what the heck is Girardi thinking? You should either take him out of the game or let him finish. There were, I I was shocked. He let Ranger Suarez finish that ninth inning uh, to get the complete game. Like that was, that was so crazy. I I, I have no clue why. um, Or I was, I was shocked that Girardi actually let him in because that's not a Girardi call. Hector Neris, you know, he, I think they moved him in well, but at the end of the day, the bullpen is just, not what it is. We need to find some pieces. We have no farm system. So it's a really bad spot. I'm just happy that Vince Velasquez is nowhere near uh, Philadelphia these days. That, that, that's the end of the day. I mean, we can rant on the bullpen all day long because um, it's atrocious. But, you know, there, there's some interesting prospects that I hope can continue to develop. But, you know, we need to sign a big guy. Um Craig Crimble, if we when we talked about him uh, in the trade deadline, that would have been a really nice pickup um, just to get some of the lockdown. But yeah, of course, of course, we couldn't get anything like that in the mm-hmm. uh, in the free agency. No, you make a good point, Nate. I mean, you look at last year too. Like we had, we brought in Brandon Workman at the deadline to kind of help us That's be the closer, yeah, and he yeah. didn't he didn't pan out either. Like, there's got to be some other problem going on here. Um, you know, Cole Irvin is, was doing at least mid season when I checked was doing amazing. in um, what was it? Oakland with the athletics. Um, I don't know if he had ended up having like a great year, but what he put out on the field would have been serviceable for us at the same time, probably wouldn't have put out the same performance with us because we don't have the guys to develop or coach here. So, and also what infuriated me um, was that Nick Pavetta was doing pretty well with the Red Sox at one point. And again, didn't oh finish gosh, with a, yeah. a great, didn't finish with great numbers, but still would have been more serviceable than what we had. But yeah. again, probably would have been a lot, like significantly worse if he was in Philadelphia. Right. Now I will say, I did get to see him pitch um, in in Boston against the Phillies right before the All-Star break. And we did put up five runs on him. So that warmed my heart. But, mm-hmm. you know, you look, Vince Velasquez, not a legit guy. Um, I don't think he's going to pan out anywhere he's at, to be honest. I don't think coaching is going to make much of a difference. When you hang her curveballs over the plate like that, you're not going to have success. When you throw pass balls down the middle like that, you're not going to have success. But yeah, kind of transitioning now into the, the starting rotation since you mentioned some of it. Yeah. I mean, to the bullpen's defense in some aspect, this, this starting rotation, I mean, we had a bullpen day on the fifth day by the end of the season and fairly often this year yeah. too, whether it was because of COVID yeah. or whatever it was. Oftentimes we had to put in a reliever to start um, or when we had, when we were flipping Ranger, you have to stretch Ranger out. So the first couple of starts, he's only going like three innings at a time. Yeah. And then you're wasting your bullpen there too, because you took so long to switch Ranger there and to stretch him out. You know, they just had no urgency in that aspect. So look, they, the, the, the bullpen go back to that video. If you want, that's a mess, but the starting rotation was also just a mess with how they managed it because Wheeler, Wheeler was great. I mean, he, yeah, he did what he could all year. He had a couple Beautiful. up and down starts, but like overall, he was almost perfect. You had Nola was not the same this year at all. And, you know, no. I, I, I love Nola. Um, he's a great guy, but that performance from your so-called ace, not going to yeah. cut it. That's got to be better. Um, then we had Matt Moore starting games at some points like that really only worked out for a little bit. And he was only going like four innings at most. He wasn't going five. Um, who else did we have starting this year? I'm completely um, blanking. Um, Gibson, yeah, Gibson, 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 Gibson was who? Gibson was pretty yeah. solid, I would say. Um, you know, he throughout. Kind of fizzled I mean, out at the end of the year, he did. He did. I he, think he was still an oak. He's still a better option than Matt right. Morgan's Velasquez. You know, with, the, with I'll say this: with the money the offense is getting paid, six innings, three runs around that range, that should win you a game. But our offense also sucks. At the same time. Gibson would also have some rough starts here and there. He wasn't perfect, but he was an upgrade from what we have, which is, you know, not saying much, but we'll take it. And then yeah. it was our, who was our fourth starter. I'm completely blanking on. Um, um, Zach Eflin, but he was injured. Or... It was Eflin. Correct. So Eflin, I, I mean, I thought Eflin was Eflin performance this year, you know, had some yeah. bad starts, had some really good starts, mm-hmm. but overall serviceable for sure. Oh, Ranger. Ranger yeah, yeah. Start. I mean, Ranger was, Ranger was unreal. I mean, he was like literally 
literally close to the definition of perfect as a pitcher. So, Nate, uh-huh. I mean, you kind of talked about some of it already, but yeah. um, what do you kind of think of the rotation right now and the direction heading forward with them? I'll say this much. Um, as far as getting Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy for Spencer Howard, that was a good trade because I'd rather have Kyle Gibson on the mound than Spencer Howard any day. So the fact that we were able to get some okay for that, I mean, but you still see it, you know, unfortunately Zach Eflin went down with an injury for the rest of the year, um, which gave a Hunter and I an opportunity to get a signature from him. But, um, but that, that hurts because as much as people like are like, who's Zach Eflin or, you know, stuff like that, he he's, he's a, an average, he'll keep you in the game. It's winnable. Uh, some games he'll, blow up and just have like an ace game and some games he'll have rough but at the end of the day he's middle of the pack and that's something that on the Phillies rotation we never get we don't get that like consistency of you know there's a chance um you know Matt Moore or Vince Velasquez atrocious those guys should never have started this year they shouldn't be on the team this year um but for some reason our owner had some obsession with Vince Velasquez um, for the last like 10 years. Um, yeah. yeah. Zach Wheeler performed out of his mind. Um, one of the most uh, important players on our team, Aaron Ola, Yeah. Like Hunter said, you, he's done so much for the organization, but when he, our ACE does not goes nine and nine with a 4.61 ERA, that's just enough. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. I, I, we're paying him big bucks. You know, he, he needs to be our ACE. I don't care if he, I mean, it's hard to beat Wheeler's year that he had this year, but a 4.61 ERA, you know, that, that, that's not serviceable for an ACE. That's at Zach Eflin numbers right there, you know, um, that's worse. Honestly. Suarez, yeah. That's worse. That's worse. That's like almost Matt Moore, Vince Velasquez. That's prime Vince Velasquez right there. And you don't want prime Vince Velasquez. Um, yeah. You know, Ranger Suarez, I could say so many positive things about Ranger. Um, this guy is just a stud. Um, I think last year it was, I said, Hey, don't, don't forget about Ranger Suarez. Or maybe it was this year. I forget. Yeah. When, but, you, um, you did before the, uh, the 2020 season. So that's what it was. Okay. It was a little bit in the coming, but, but Hey, I saw Ranger and he was, he was ready. Um, he's gone through a lot of adversity and, and adaptation early in his career, which is really good to learn and be good at. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, he, it must've been frustrating because Girardi would have him in for the, for three innings and we're trying to transition him into the starting rotation. I'm like, Girardi, that's not going to help at all. Like I get maybe the mm-hmm. first start, but don't pull him like, eh. so Ranger did great. Cal Gibson. I think a lot of people expected a lot from him, but for we got, I don't think it was that bad. Um, he kind of fills it out. Like we said, at the end of the year, which stinks. Um, but at the end, of, but Kyle Gibson wasn't supposed to be our number three, uh, or no. four pitcher, you know, he was going to just take that fifth spot from Matt Moore and, and Vince Velasquez. And, and it, he should have been the bullpen day. It would have been Eflin at four Ranger at three, you know, Nola at two, and then Wheeler at one, but now Gibson has to be the third and fourth pitcher because Ranger will only pitch like five innings. Cause that's what Girardi lets him in. So Gibson had to be our number three for some games. Um, and I think it's just, that's, that's a way above his pay grade and way above his expectations. But at the end of the day, I think Gibson did all right. Um, you know, he had some really good games where he pitched well, some games that were rough, but um, he's kind of like another Eflin, I think, but more dramatic where he'll have a really, really good game or a really, really bad game. You know, Eflin's a little bit more passive with that. I, I mean, if you look at the, the, the we, we only had one player with a ERA below four besides Ranger um, starting, you know, so that's just something you can't have. We need to address that when we have our full rotation, but, and, and I don't even want to talk about the bullpen days, which were just idiotic for, for Girardi to start. We were in the middle of a playoff run and he goes, Oh, you know what? It's the pirates. Let's, let's do a bullpen day. And, uh, uh, and uh, we'll blow our chances, you know, stuff like that. Also, why the heck was Aaron Nola pitching in that brave series? I don't care yeah, if he's our ace. He's pitching a 4.61 ERA put in Ranger, you know, that pissed me off more than anything. And what did Ranger do? pitched amazingly against the Marlins would have done the same against the Braves. Maybe we had a chance there, but at the end of the day, we just didn't want it enough um, there. It was horrible. Um, we need to make some improvements. Now that the tough thing is we're in a pickle with just how our, um, our money situation is and, and how our organization runs. We can't go out and sign another Zach Wheeler like we did a couple of years ago. I mean, we could, but it wouldn't be very smart because we have so many holes to fill. We made some stupid decisions and I'll talk about those with positional players in the field that we should have signed or pushed harder for. But at the end of the day, we need another 
Um, you know, I, honestly, we need another Zach Eflin, just someone so that we don't have to have a stupid bullpen day. I don't know why that ever was considered a good idea. Our bullpen can barely pitch two innings without giving up five runs. Why would they think nine innings would do any different? Yeah. Zach Wheeler, Ranger Suarez, great job, guys. Love you guys. Aaron Nola, get your act together. Zach Eflin, thanks for signing my hat. Get healthy. <laughs> and Kyle Gibson, you know, get that ERA down. That's that's my that's my final sense. Ian, final thoughts on the rotation before we head to the offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I again, injury for whatever reason always plagues us. Um, losing Eflin is just like I mean, I think we see it every year. Like who we are when we have Eflin versus who we are when we don't. It's a stark yeah. contrast. Um, it really is, and. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Eflin's just injury prone. I don't know if it's just our medical and training staff or garbage. I don't know why it's such a Philly thing when we're literally like one of the medical capitals of the country. I don't know how, I don't know how it's possible that the like literally probably top three medical probably pumps out the best doctors in the world. Like we're the ones that have the worst medical staff. I don't get it. I'll never understand it, but that's, that's a rant for another day. That's more of a bio, biology pre-med rant. But, um, no, nah, I mean, listen, our bullpen – or not our bullpen. Our, our rotation is not the best. Nola, again, the guy that's supposed to be our ace, just massively underperformed. Um, you have Eflin, who is hurt. Wheeler did phenomenal. I have no complaints with Wheeler. Ranger, I'm going to be honest, he – like, he – far exceeded expectations far went above and beyond and i'm gonna be honest even if he sucked i wouldn't have held it against him because he was an ace closer he was a guy that i could reliably count on the close games so even if he didn't do well in the starting rotation i would not have blamed him but the fact that he did so what exceedingly well as a starter i mean my gosh nothing but respect and props to ranger not like i don't have a bad word to say about him yeah um as for, um, you know, Kyle Gibson, it is, uh, like, it's just frustrating. I mean, he's a guy that we traded for. He's a guy that I thought would really bolster this rotation a lot. And he underperformed. And, you know, as for this, like, this rotation that we had with, um, I believe it was Chase Anderson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, at one point. With Chase Anderson at one point. Then we threw in a, a couple other guys. It was just bad um i don't want to get too deep into it but point being was our rotation had so many just so much unfortunate luck and uh you know some guys need to step up and mm -hmm. joe did not help either joe made some like he pulled he would pull guys too early he would put in you put in bullpen guys and we were down by like a run or two he put in like on de los santos it's like joe we are not out of this game yet why are you putting him in yeah. as opposed yeah. to you know, a reliever who could actually do something. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's probably my, my biggest, uh, my biggest concern was just Joe and then the unfortunate walk. Yeah, definitely. Well, before, I think the next section is not going to be as long as the last two, just because those the pitching was really the big yeah. problem. But at the same time, the offense was just madding. It was just maddening because it was so inconsistent from game to game and week to week. Um, so Nate, what do you think of the yeah. offense to your man in the lineup as a whole? I mean, we put a lot of money into it and it's not really producing anything. Um, yeah. I mean, looking back at the starting rotation at the beginning of the year, I will say kudos to Odubel and, um, and others for fighting for their spot. You know, like he had a, he had explosive July and he was a big part of why we, um, why we were in the lead of the AL or NL East at that time. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm really, really annoyed at the, the, the management for not doing much in free agency. Hunter and I talked about this. There, there, our video on this has like over a thousand views about Star Starling Marte and how much we wanted him to sign. People are like, oh, he's too old. Well, he's the stolen base leader in the NF in the MLB by a good portion. And he's a top five batting average right now. So that could have been with us. Now, don't get me wrong. I love, uh, um, what's his name? Adam Halsey, you know, Jayco, like, all those people, like, Herrera, but 
We needed Sterling Shepard. We needed another consistent bat and speed on that too. That can turn a single. Sterling Shepard. That he, Sterling, that's Shepard. Sorry, Sterling Marte. Sorry, Sterling Marte. Um, <laughs> He's thinking about his fantasy team right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's another thing. But, um, you know, looking at, uh, and and I think a problem is that this is more so with the organization and not the player, but the signing of Bryce, that I think the organization kind of over, over, what's it called? Overvalued that. And so they rushed a lot of our prospects to start playing so they could start playing that first year with Bryce. And they just did not, they were not ready for it. You look at people like Mickey Moniak, you know, uh, uh, dare I say Scott Kingry, you know, Alec Bohm, who had a great first year, but, you know, kind of dipped this year. And I think that's player development, but we just are not good at raising up our farm system. And Bryce called this out. He says our farm system sucks and it does. It's so bad. Um, We don't know how to play players, bring them in, when to bring them in. They go hot. Mickey Moniak's batting like a, has like a one, one, 1,200 OPS or something like that. And Chipotle, we're like, oh, no. Now let's keep them down there, you know, or let's call them up the pinch hit for one day, <laughs> pinch hit for one game. Yeah. The, I, I just, we just finished a Sixers episode, uh, Hunter Sanjay and I, and I talked about consistency there and how important it is in developing a player, you know, Mickey Mania can't come in and pinch it for one game and they expect him to then come in and, you know, two weeks later and, and be amazing. You need some consistency. They finally started to get that with Veerling, who got a little consistency in his starts and I, he, he played pretty well, in my opinion, you know. I also really liked Raphael Marchand coming up. Why was Andrew Knapp starting in any of our opening, you know, rotations uh, in the heat of a playoff run? I don't care that I'd, I'd like for Marchand to develop more, but he's a better alternative than, than Andrew Knapp, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, Gene performed really well. I know he kind of dipped a little bit, but he still performed above expectations, Um you know, I'm really impressed with his work ethic getting up. Bryce, of course, you know, performed. I don't know if he performed higher than Ian's expectations because Ian's expectations are very high for Bryce, but definitely performed higher expectations than I had expected. Um, center field, you know, I would have liked um, Odubel to just have another go on another hot streak at the end of the year. Didn't see that, um, which stinks. Um, Kutch, I think it's just getting old. He had a few moments here and there, but um, I also think him being moved around the lineup every single game does not help. Um, with getting a feel for your position. He definitely did not play well at first at bat. So I get moving him out of there, but why was he batting second, then fourth, then eighth, then sixth, then fifth, you know, like get some more consistency there. Um, Alec Bohm and then Ronald Torres, who came in in a very tough time to very tough position, performed, I think, decently here and there. Um, Bohm needs to get his act together. Obviously a big blow to us was losing Reese and uh, JT here and there, that's, you know, those are two big hit, two big batters. Reese definitely performed well um, above expectations. JT, a little disappointed in JT. Um, I mean, his, his catching is always going to be there, but, but uh, as Hunter knows, because Hunter was a catcher in high school, that it, it's a very taxing position. And so who knows how many years yeah. JT will have at, you know, at catching. So at least we have Marshan right now that looks decent um, to bring up eventually, but I need to see more out of JT. I, I don't want to say I need to see more out of Kutch because I don't think he'll be here come next year. Um, he's entering his last year, and I think he'll probably get dealt at the deadline, unfortunately. Um, you know, but people like Bohm, I don't know what they're going to do with DD and shortstop. There's a lot of shortstop um, free agents this year that we can maybe grab. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a few people. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the biggest one, and I think we should definitely go for something like that. Gene's going to be phenomenal. Bryce at right field. I think, I think Starling Marte was on a one-year contract with the A's. I want to, I want, I want to sign him, you know, you could sign him cheap for a one-year deal. If he's not what he was at the end of the year this year, you can just, you know, dump him. But, but we need something like that on our team. We need a Roman Quinn that'll get on base because let me get, I love Roman Quinn. He's great. He's fast, but he can never get on base. And, and so Sterling, Sterling Marte, I almost said Shepard again. Sterling Marte can definitely do that. Um, but I need to see some, some things. And here's the biggest problem. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. The fact that we have to address our needs in free agency just shows how bad our organization is at developing talent. Mm. You know, it's, it's just pitiful seeing that. And, um, and the thing that stinks is, is Rob Rice had one of the best years there. You know, this unfortunately isn't like football where, you know, the quarterback can carry the team. Bryce can't carry the team by getting 20 solo home runs um like you know in the 20 game span and then we lose two to one because nobody else gets on base you know so that's not on brace that's on the rest of the team but 
I mean, it's just, it's just disgusting where we'll put up 12 runs in one game and then we won't score a run for the next three games or something like that. It's disappointing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's my two cents. Uh, fortunately guys, I have to dip out. Uh, so I'll let the, the Hunter and Ian um, carry the rest of the podcast, bring the bell, awesome. run, baby run. Um, you guys enjoy the rest of your podcast. I'll see you guys. Thanks, Peace. Nate. Appreciate Peace. it, man. So Nate had to dip out guys, but um, yeah, look, this lineup, was just flat out not good enough. And Bryce, MVP caliber year, I think he's going to take on the MVP award. Um, I think it's going to be close, but I think he's going to snag it. Kutch was not a leadoff guy at all. Uh, I was very disappointed with him this year. He had a good OPS because he had good power numbers, but against righties this year, he was awful. Awful. And I'm not one of those guys who like usually like, you know, the announcers usually say those stuff over and over again, but that's a pretty glaring issue um, late in his career. Other than that, Didi, Didi sucked this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love Didi. He's a great – same with Kutch. I love both of them. But um, they were both – they were both just not what they were paid to be. And I expected a lot more from Didi having that right field fence. You know, I, I thought he was going to hit a lot of bombs. But, um, yeah, and then you you look at Boehm. Boehm I thought was a good – I thought he was starting to hit better for average, but – for a third baseman, a corner infielder like him, and a guy of his size who looks like Jason Worth, you expect better power numbers. And you also expect not 20 errors in the field. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't mind if he's not the best defensive third baseman, but he's going to have to move to left field. I think that's the next step for him as we're going to try him in left field. Um, I, I'm not even asking him the guy to hit like 40 home runs a year. Like if he can get hit like 17 20 i'd be content with that because i think al boom can be a 300 hitter i think he has shown that you know he had a little bit of a rough stint to start the year and his end of year numbers don't look that great but if you look at that stretch right before he get, got sent down the reason he got sent down wasn't because he couldn't hit for average i mean he just wasn't really elevating the ball at all or making plays in the field at least in my opinion um maybe there were some other mechanical issues they had to fix but to reyes i thought was he stepped up in a big way. Now, I don't think you can expect that from him every year just because he is a utility guy. And he was, you saw at one point, he was just overused. And we start we started to see his flaws because he was overused and we tried to ride his hot streak a little too much. But I mean, he's just game after game after game. There were just so many clutch hits he had and so many clutch defensive plays too that we could rely on him for. Um Gene, yeah, Gene was great. Gene, he definitely fizzled out at the end of the year. Um, but I do appreciate Babote for um for the the big plays he had over and over Absolutely. and over. And a great defensive player, too. JT disappointed, not what I expected from him. I think he's gonna have to move to first base. Um, and hopefully we get that national league DH so we can move some guys around. Speaking of first base, you take out that over 33 streak for Hoskins, and he was pretty phenomenal this year. Like I was beyond pleased with what Reese and I was I was a big criticizer of Reese, but um, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He had a really, 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 really good season this year. And I'm trying to think who else. I mean, yeah, the outfield outside of Harper was just not. I mean, look, Odubel did have that high streak in August, but overall, I mean, and then look, I think you keep him around until you find an upgrade just because, um, and I'm not saying you keep him around. If, if, if I was talking about off the field stuff, no, you don't keep him around at all or even bring him back. So I just want to get that out of the way. But in terms of performance, 260, I mean, kind of around 740 OPS, I think, maybe a little bit lower, but like, um, and he's a pretty good defensive center fielder. So you don't just get rid of him and play the young guys because, look, Jankowski, I love him, but he's a bench player. Um, Hazley, I'm not sure what he's going to be. Moniak, they don't actually ever give him a chance to prove himself when he comes up to the big leagues. Um, and I don't think Moniak's the first round, first overall pick, but I think he's at least like a six or seven hole hitter. I think he could be a decent contributor. Um, but you, center field and shortstop, you're going to have to try to find replacements for. And uh, hopefully, Stop isn't one of those players who is not developed correctly because he, I think, has a chance to be just an absolute monster. And I think, I think if he doesn't pan out, I think Bryce is going to be at the point where he maybe starts to think to move on because that's Bryce's guy, both, both Nevada guys. And I think that um, they both want to play together. And I think, I think Bryce will probably chalk that up to the lack of player development. If Bryce doesn't pan out because Bryce, and I also think Bryce is a really, really good player too. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah. like, like Bryce said, I'm going to finish with this before I hand it over to you, Ian. We need some dogs yeah. in here, man. We need some dogs. Like we don't have, we don't have guys who have that heart. We have a, a good group of guys and a lot of good positive energy, but we don't have guys who like really just, they want it, you know, like that didn't show when we went into that brave series or even before that, when we're playing the worst teams of baseball, like these guys just kind of lost it at the end of the year. And that's what I'll hand it over to you. But. Yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, listen, I am ridiculously biased. Um, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But um, listen, Bryce really was – I mean, he always is the heart and soul of the team. But in terms of, like, keeping us alive, I, I would say he was the biggest piece in it. I mean, this man played – when it came down to crunch time, I mean, granted, pretty much since the All-Star break, this man – just decided to kick it into the next gear and absolutely grind. He wanted it. He wanted this more than anything. And I'm going to be real, this team in terms of upper management being Dombrowski, uh, even from the manager position being Joe Girardi, where as, Mm -hmm. as I said before, but I I really want to hammer this home. And I know I'm beating a dead horse here. But he was like prematurely giving up on games. We were down by yeah. two, yeah. two, three, two, three runs, and he would, I, you know, it'd be like, okay, you know, Nola's in about the sixth inning. He gives up a two-run shot. We're down by two, and then Joe pulls him and puts in an Aniel De Los Santos or a, um, oh crud, who's the other one? Not De Los Santos. I honestly uh, forgot. There's so many of them. <laughs> I, I mean, pick your poison. I mean, there were just so many disappointing ones. We put in like a De Los Santos or a um. Oh, this one's gonna kill me. Why you keep, I not you keep going. I'll, I'll I'll get it for you. Yeah, it was. I forget. It was also. So, uh, it's gonna kill me. But anyway, I mean, he put in like guys like that. Even like a JD Hammer, who like granted he's not terrible. Alvarado. JD. Uh, no, it's not Alvarado. He was still um, pretty bad, though. Yeah, he he was pretty bad. But I'm just saying, like David Hale. There, no, not Hale. I forget who it was. Rosso. Rosso. Yeah, That's Ramon it. Rosso. You put in like a Ramon Rosso. It's like you you see these guys come in. You're like, this game's over. Like, yeah, Natalie Feliz one game too. Yeah, it's like you see these guys, and it's like Joe, we have a shot. And I'm going to be honest. As a I think that fan, kills the offense. So as a fan, I'm like, well, we're screwed. And it's only like the fourth or fifth inning. Like, my gosh, Joe, like Joe is not helping us at all. And it's, you know, but I really wanted to beat that home because like, if I'm thinking now, granted, if I'm thinking that as a fan, I mean, listen, granted, you're on a team and you're in the game and I understand you want to like, you know, try and keep a positive attitude, but also like, let's face it. They're not stupid either. Like, they're also mm-hmm. probably thinking, like, that probably just takes the wind out of you. Because mm-hmm. you got to, like, I mean, you're basically, like, you know, not to bring a football term into it, but you basically have these guys like Bryce and JT and Gene that basically when you get to the top of that lineup, you got to play some hero ball. Like, you've got to mm-hmm. basically go for these moonshots as opposed to just, like, trying to get, you know, make contact and put the ball in play. And – you know, it just sucks that we're, we're in this position. Um, but shout, like, I mean, my gosh, God bless Bryce. That man is, oh, Philly does not deserve him. I'm going to be real. We, <laughs> we as a city, we as an organization do not deserve someone who is as dedicated to the fan base, as dedicated to the organization, especially as Bryce Harper. I mean, literally everyone, I, I mean, I watched this full presser. He is getting asked questions of like, how do you feel that the Phillies are wet? And this is like, I'm like not even joking. Like these were like almost verbatim when I say this, when they're like, how do you feel that the Phillies are basically wasting your prime years? How, like, what do the Phillies need to do in the off season? Do you trust Dombrowski? Do you trust Joe? How do you feel that your favorite batting coach that got fired? Like, these are not easy questions. And he has remained like loyal and he even said, he goes, I listen, I said since day one, I'm giving my all to the city. I'm giving all my this organization. I'm giving my all to this fan base. I'm not going anywhere. And I mean, to have three years when this man is such an 
I, I love this word and I forget who said it to me. I think it was my buddy, Jared Strode. So shout out Strode. But uh, he said he is an apex competitor. Like this man will do whatever it takes to win. And honestly, I really firmly believe to get Bryce here, when we made that move for Gene, when we made that move for JT, we were basically saying we are trying to win and we need you. And the fact that we haven't done that is disgraceful to Bryce. And for him to still stay that loyal, it's unreal. Um, But, yeah, I hope Bryce gets the MVP. As for guys who underperformed, I again, I'm very biased. I hate Alec Boehm. Um, I was really disappointed, Um, not only on the offensive side of the ball, um, but also defensively. I mean, you cannot be – that bad you cannot be that bad at third base he there was literally a game we were up by two he missed a routine ground ball and we gave up i'm sorry we were up by two missed a routine ground ball gave up three runs because of it literally would have been two outs and again we were down by one same thing he just completely misreads a fly ball drops in right behind him and like two runs score off of that and before we know it we're down by like four and it's like i have put i put seth Seth fisher in at third base before alec bone at this point no exactly i mean it's like heck i put myself in that third base (laughs) like i mean like i mean it's just so disgraceful like he's there are plays that middle schoolers can make and that's not even trying to be like a jerk or anything like i legitimately think like i could plug in and play like a good middle schooler they could make that play and that Alec Bohm didn't make. And it's just stuff like that. You're just like, dude, step up. Um, as for Torres, I have no complaints. Like you said, I think we really like this guy is just such a great bench piece. I think he's great when you need to give the short stops or even like if you need to give like Gene some rest or I mean, we don't know where Didi's going to land. He's probably not coming back here. Um, but even he's giving the short giving the shortstop or a second baseman some rest. I mean, he is really – Yeah, or third. I mean, this man is so good in, in terms of defensive fielding. And, like, when you need him to step up and play, he will and get contact. But you can't you can't overwork Ronnie Torres. Um, again, the whole outfield just a mess outside of Bryce. I, I don't want to dive into that. I don't want to harp on that too much. Um, JT, I really hope he steps up in terms of the hitting next year. I don't want to give up on him quite yet because I know he was hurt. And I know, again, he's 29. I think he's going on 30 now. Um, so, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can kind of like, if he takes a step away from catching, he can hopefully focus on his hitting a little more because he have to, doesn't have to worry about calling pitches. He doesn't have to worry about crouching down all the time. Mentally, he can just focus more of his energy towards hitting the baseball. Yeah. I really hope that we do get the DH because I think that'll be one of the saving graces for this team is having Reese in at DH where it's a low risk for injury position. And yes. I'm going to be honest, you pet, you put JT in at first, that man is not missing balls. He is good. He will, he'll be great defense. JT will be great defensively at first. Um, uh, and again, Raphael Marchand, very impressed. Very, very, very impressed. He may not be like a big power hitter, but my gosh, the man makes contact. He's good defensively. And to be quite honest, that's really all I can ask for. Um, trying to think, Gene, um, I have no complaints about Gene. He really turned his attitude around, worked hard, mm-hmm. played hard. Um, I just think that, you know, due to no error of his own, listen, every baseball player at every point in the season has a cold streak. Mm-hmm. His just happened to come near the end. And he was playing out of his mind before and beyond the all-star break. I have zero complaints about Gene. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I missed anyone. I but, think you got, oh, I think you got I, everyone. I, I did want to say this. Thoroughly impressed with Brad Miller. I really do want to say that. Like, I mean, he's kind of like been in the background. I, but my gosh, when that man comes off the bench, I, I would honestly do like a one-year deal with him again. I really would. I was thoroughly impressed with his production, just coming off the bench every now and again. He's had some of the biggest Phillies hits in the past, like three or four years, to yeah. be honest. Like, no, no joke. Um, as much as he can be frustrating sometimes, he's not meant to be a starter. So, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Matt Beerling. Like he was great. They said it yes. was great towards the end of the year. Yes. Um, yes. Hopefully Logan O'Hop's another catcher who we have who could come up. Um, he's been playing well in AAA, so we'll see if he can do anything. But Ian, let's, let's talk about wrapping up with, we talked about the hitting, the pitching, the bullpen. Let's finish up with just where, where we're headed right now. I mean, I just don't know what the direction this team is we've got i think around 60 mil probably to spend um once we get once it like all gets sorted out and everything so you know correa Marte, you know if we can get a trade for buction or whatever uh, that deal may be you know I, i'm just throwing out names here i mean i'm not saying to get those certain guys but there are guys yeah. available there's always relievers available always that's always a market um, and you could use another starter or two. Maybe if we had acquired Tyler Anderson, maybe things would have been different this end of this year because then you would have had another serviceable starter. But nope, that fell through because of the dumb medical stuff. Yeah. So what's the direction of this team right now, man? Um, with the front office to the coaching staff to the roster, where do we go from here, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be real. Um, I hope I eat crow on this. I want to preface by saying that, but I think this is the closest we're getting to the playoffs for the next like five years. I, I'm going to be honest. Um, in the Bryce presser, you know, um, one of the reporters, I believe it was Jim Salisbury. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he said um, something along the lines of, you know, right after Bryce said, we need dogs. He said like, that takes time. And it's true. Um, sadly, it's very true. And he's saying, how can we get these guys to further develop and there was an article put out by the athletic that says our farm system is toxic there's tons of division yep. at every single level and we really like i read the article and the point being is there's so much um inner um inner club politics that are going on in terms of like just you know this manager doesn't like this guy but this guy can perform but he doesn't like him and this guy doesn't agree with this guy's choice. And he wants this guy to fail. And it's just like, we are a mess down there. And until we can straighten that out, which I'm going to be real, that organizational stuff takes just yeah. an eternity um, to figure out. And obviously, since we didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if we became like, honestly became like the nationals next like you know next like around mid-season where it's just we're just at next trade deadline where it's just a tire fire because we're just not producing um what i would like to see is i mean best case best case scenario nola kind of comes back to form Eflin can stay healthy for more than half a season and um you know, Gibson can hopefully be the guy that we hope he would be when we traded for him. Um, Wheeler can, you know, hopefully still may, remain around the same. I mean, it's a ridiculous expectation to have that he would repeat a Cy Young season. So I don't want to put too much pressure on him. But even just coming, like, even if he can just perform like he did during the COVID season for us, um, would just be huge. Um, as for hopes in terms of signings um honestly i really don't think we have, we don't have much money to spend yes we're probably yeah not yes we're probably yes we're unloading dd i believe right he, he's gone or he i think he's still under contract oh I might I be wrong that. i thought they signed up for a two-year deal yeah that was during, that he was should during be gone. the they, they need to get rid of him though yeah but Hopefully, like, honestly, I hate to say it. I, I love Kutch. I love Didi's guys. They're great guys. But I, I think they're just contracts that we need to unload. Um, as for, um, like, uh, as for signing, I think we do need a Starling Marte or Carlos Correa. The problem is, again, you run into, we, we need an extra starter. We need an extra bullpen arm. And, Eventually, you got to just start like dipping into the farm. But the problem is, when you go on the farm to dip into, it's not looking good. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I legitimately think that by next trade deadline, we're going to be like the Nationals this year, where it's just 
we're selling everything because we're just not performing to the standard that we should be. And it's heartbreaking, but unfortunately, I, I, I just think that's where we're at when you can when you take into account all the dysfunction, all the underperformance, all of the um, just all of the moves that should have been made that weren't and all of the moves that we did make that did not pan out. And you know what, Ian? Why would I come here if I was Starling Marte? Why would I come here if I was Carlos yeah. Correa? Other than Bryce, I mean, why on earth would I come to this organization that, you know, there's internal issues with the scouting department. They are spending all this money and not continually going 500 and not competing each year. I wouldn't want to come here if I was a player. And I think that's the big yeah. problem we have is that this is not an attractive place for any player to come to. Um, the coaching has been awful. Uh, well, I think that that's not the biggest issue. I think that it's compounding a lot of the already existing problems. Girardi was not good this year. Dombrowski um, has not been good. Middleton needs to sell the team. This is just, like I said, this is a joke of an organization. We are in absolute comedy right now. It's pathetic. And I really don't know where this team goes from here, to be honest. I think, like you said, I think realistically we're going to be selling at the deadline next year. And unfortunately, I think Gene might be part of that. As much as I love Gene, I think you're, you have to try to get minor league talent right now. And you also, you got to develop guys like Mick Abel and Andrew Painter, who are your two young arms. Hannes Cruz, who I thought they brought up a little too, or Kraus or whatever it is. I thought they brought him up a little bit. I didn't like that he was starting in the middle of the pennant race at the end of this year. Um, thought they brought him up a little bit early. And I, I'll be honest, he, he nibbles a little bit around the plate. Um, you're going to have to develop guys like, you know, Marshan and Logan O'Hop and you know, you're going to have to have some outfield guys about too. Like Maniac's going to have to show he can be a little bit yeah. more and live up to, you know, I don't know if he can live up to that first round or first overall pick label, but you're going to have to develop them into a good left fielder. Johan Rojas and Jalen Ortiz, guys like that. Like Jalen Ortiz was supposed to be our, you know, one of the best international signings. And, you know, look at the Braves. They have Acuna and Albies. And you look at all these other teams like Soto and other international signings, like all the, like the rest of the division, all these international signings are superstars already. Where are ours? Not a, we haven't landed any, and we haven't been no able to develop the ones we've landed. So it doesn't matter whether it's college, high school, or it's international guys. We have not been able to develop any of them. Hazley, no. college guy, who there's been a ton of issues there. He had, I know he had personal issues this year, but I'm just not sure he's like a seventh overall pick. And you got Moniac and guys like Cornelius Randolph, who high school guys still haven't seen them come up yet. Um, or for an extended period of time, we've seen Moniac a little bit and international guys, like I said, like Jalen Ortiz, I'm excited for him. He's been hitting well um, in the minors this year, but, you know, still not up in the majors and kind of been slowly developing and has had his issues in the minors as well. So it's a mess right now. This organization is just a wreck. And um, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I have to agree with you. I'm not sure if we make the playoffs for the next like three to five years. Uh, yeah. I think that's the sad reality. And I think that's why I was, hoping they would do it this year because I had a feeling that um, this was going to be their last shot. So yeah, it's a shame. They put together a nice core that didn't live up to expectations at all. And that's, that's where we're at right now. So wanted to say thank you guys for watching. Thanks Ian for going with me for this yeah. long. I'll, I'll probably cut this up into thank clips. You. Um, no problem. I'll, I'll post the whole episode on Apple and Spotify and all that for you guys to listen to if you want to. I know some of you guys listen on there, but any closing thoughts, Ian? You know what the worst part about all of this is? I, I put, there's a tiny part of me that thinks we'll be right back in the same spot next year. Yeah. Where we could, we could, maybe we do sell, but for some reason we just catch fire and we're right back. False here. And, yeah. and I, I, this is honestly for me, this is like the Flyers where – they're just good enough. They're just interesting enough for me to have hope and to keep watching. They're just good enough. They're just interesting enough. And I think that's what kills me the most. Absolutely. 
I think at least with the Sixers, we know that we're in that spot where we need to get past the second round pump, right? We know, we know, yeah. we know we got to do to get better with the Sixers, but it's just a matter of making it happen. And that's easier said than done. Eagles, we kind of know now we're in a rebuilding phase, even though the front office didn't explicitly tell us that. And they kind of tried to brand it as a retool. We know where we're at with the Eagles. We're a young team. Phillies and Flyers, man, not the same. We are literally in that pit of mediocrity that you can't get out of unless you just either completely rebuild, which is tough because we brought a superstar here, brought multiple guys here, paid them a lot of money, and we're supposed to be contending, and we're not, which is the disappointing. And at least the Flyers, I mean, I think you can at least see, like, I don't think we've spent any big contracts on guys like Bryce Wheeler, right? So no, like, I mean, at least, I mean, yeah. yes, they should probably be contending. You probably know more about that than me, but I think the Phillies, with the money they've spent, it is clear as day they should be competing for a World Series every year, and that's not the case. So I completely agree with you. If you don't have anything else to say, thank you all for watching. As always, videos have been blowing up lately, so we appreciate you guys for that. And really um, yeah, I still can't say ring the bell. I will not say ring the bell until we have a positive Phillies episode to talk about. Um, so please run, booby, run, Sirianni. <laughs> Fly goes fly, I guess. I don't know. And um, see you guys later. Peace.